0: Amen. Wise or foolish, which one will you have? And what's the difference between the wise ones and the fools? Well, the fools, the fools get distracted. And the wise ones, they keep their eyes on the goal. Now, this parable that we just heard is a very difficult parable to interpret. And uh, every year I kind of struggle with it. Again, not, not exactly what you want to be hearing from from the pastor as he's in the pulpit, but uh, you know there you go. It's a difficult one. Like, what does all the stuff in it mean? What's the oil? What's the lamps and all these things like that? But um, this parable it, it's it's part of these two whole chapters where Jesus is just talking kind of for a long time about the end of the world, and he'll do this every once in a while in the Gospels. And as he's telling us about the end of all things, we can see that uh, the end is not really the end of all things. It is the renewal of all things. It's actually the beginning of something new, uh, a new creation, new heavens, a new earth. Now, normally, when we think about the end of all things, we think of scary things. If i ask you to write down what you think about the end of the world well um things growing and being beautiful might not like come up in your mind instead when we think of the end of the world we think of uh, burning and darkness and in blood and then fire and all sorts of uh scary things and then like antichrists and and things like this uh things that that sell books and movies, all that sorts of stuff. And here's the deal. If you focus on those things, if that's what you're looking for, then that is what you will find. If you're focusing on those things, if you're distracted by all that, well, yes, then the end will be horrifying. So in this story, and in the other stories that Jesus tells about this too, the fools get shut out excluded in the very next story uh, thrown out and there's weeping and gnashing of teeth for the fools hmm. so Jesus tells us a few more stories right after this one about the, uh, the ten virgins which you can think of as, as uh, bridesmaids uh, and he shows us how things are going to be okay the, the very next one, the parable of the talents, and I'm sure you know it, These, the three guys are given various amounts of money from their master, and he says, I'm going to go away for a while, and then I'm going to come back, and two of the guys, they uh, they invested it, and they actually like made more money with the money that the master had given them, but then the other guy, he just buried it in the yard, he dug a hole and, and kept it down there, and and, and so the master comes back, and he's like, uh, oh, well, you know, I knew that you're a really hard guy, and you're mean, and you're terrible, and you're just awful. And so I just hid this away, and, and so here's what you had. Just, I was like, no. So he is, he is excluded, and he's thrown out again, weeping and gnashing of teeth. He's kicked out. And then Jesus tells another story, right after that, a parable, a story about uh, the judgment of the sheep and the goats, and, and uh, they all come to him, who, and he's seated on the judgment throne, and all the goats, they're saying, like, look at all the good stuff we did, we, we accomplished so much, and we did so much for you, and, uh, and Jesus says, well, well, I don't know who you are, but then the sheep, they all come, and they're like... Why? I don't really know exactly what I've been doing, but I've been doing something and, and uh, wasn't exactly aware what it was. And Jesus says, "Like, oh, wow, I, you did this to me. Come close with me. They simply loved. And that's it. So in all these stories, though, the people who are afraid of this harsh judgment, the people who see God, the Lord, Jesus, as this... Horrifying and just like mean guy, well, that's what they get. That's what they find. So I guess the question is, has Jesus given us any reason that we should simply be afraid of him? Should we think that Jesus is coming back and that he is going to be a harsh master with us and that he is going to be angry with us? Well, you can try and find reasons to think that. And I would advise you to go for it in your your Bibles. Where is it that we are supposed to be just afraid of Jesus? This is the God who comes to us first as a child. The God who learns. The God who eats with all sorts of people. Pharisees, tax collectors, all of them. He sends no one away. This is the God who liberates from slavery. This is the God who weeps at the tomb of his friend Lazarus and then raises the dead. So should you be afraid of him and his judgment? Find those parts that tell you that that is something that you should do see Jesus as a cruel master. Now there are a few times that Jesus indeed does get angry with people where he is quite harsh with them. So, yes, the people who don't think little children should come to Jesus and then the people who are trying to make a profit off of the temple, well, he's quite harsh with those people. People that trust in themselves, that they're righteous. But yes, they should be afraid. And they've shut themselves out from grace and from mercy and from love. And they are fools for this. They did not listen when he talked of love. And only when he talked of punishment. All they heard was the do more, try better, God be perfect side of things. So yeah, if you are... Abusing children, keeping them away from Jesus, then you should definitely be afraid. Like, repent of that right now. And if you are trying to keep people away from Jesus at all, yes, then you should be afraid. He who calms the storms, he who heals the sick, who raises the dead, He will return. And if you think that there is some way to buy him off or to make him happy with you, then you are in big trouble. He does not need anything that you have, and there is nothing that you can do to make him pleased with you. Because he is already happy with you. You have been brought in and seated at a feast. You have been assigned a seat at the table you have been baptized and you have been worded and you have been fed all by and with jesus and he wants you to know that he is coming and that all things will be made new that the broken will be healed the dead will be raised never to die again that's what we're waiting for the former things will pass away The wolf and the lamb will lie down together in a world without enemies. A world with nothing but joy and gladness. That is what is coming. That is what Jesus even is already starting to bring about with us here. This is the world that is coming, that begins to break through already in pieces here and there that we can see You have been chosen for this. That's what he's called you to. So don't get distracted. That's what all this stuff is right now. The world is full of distractions. The pandemic, the election, the unrest, whatever else we're supposed to be worried about. It's all distractions from what actually matters and from what really endures. Well, love endures. They're not running into that stuff in the way of love. No way. It's fine to take some interest in those sorts of things, but at some point they become idols. And the problem with idols is that you really only have room for one God. But the false prophets continue to come, and they multiply and they turn us against one another out of fear and hate. And so, love grows cold these days, and instead, anger and anxiety swell. So, just think these ten virgins had been chosen to be in the wedding. Every single one of them is clothed for the event. All of them are given the directions, and all of them were there. But they got distracted. Now they all fell asleep. This will happen later on too. All the disciples will fall asleep on Jesus. He does not cast them out. Instead he goes out and he still dies for their sins. And then appears to them. Says peace be with you. He knows what's going on. But there they are the ten virgins. They all fall asleep and then... When they hear that he is coming, they get startled awake. Well, the five foolish ones, they're afraid of his harsh judgment, and they run off to get something to make him happy, and so they are foolish. They got distracted. They forgot who he was. Rather than looking to the bridegroom, to the coming Lord, to the one who redeems all, they looked to themselves, and all they could see were five fools with no oil in their lamps, when really what they were were these chosen and beloved beautiful bridesmaids. That is who you are. They didn't trust him, so they're fools. They ran away the wise ones they just stayed that's it now we're not told in the story it's implied there's other people there too aren't there there's other people at this wedding feast who are rejoicing in the presence of the Lord who likewise had not run off but indeed were chosen and brought into the feast too and they all waited for him even though he was taking a long time to get there Isn't it great in the story? It says, and the bridegroom was delayed. And we're we're not told exactly what this was. Uh, I don't know, maybe the photographer was taking too long or something like that. We've all been to those weddings. But does it seem sometimes like he's forgotten about us? Like, maybe it's never going to happen. We've been waiting for a long time. We've been waiting for almost 2,000 years. Is he delayed for some reason? Well, Do not get distracted. Keep your eyes on Jesus. He knows what he's doing, even if we don't understand at all. He's coming. And he is coming very soon. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.